Joe Biden embraces crime by releasing thousands of felons. New York demands that the federal government do something about the border as they are inundated by, by illegal aliens, but not quite what we think they should be doing. And uh, they are coming for your kids. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you had a great weekend. I had a very busy weekend. Uh, created five rumble videos for you folks so go visit rumble type in dumbassestalkingpolitics.com not all politics i'm actually teach you how, how to make award winning chili now i couldn't finish it because we ended up with guests later in the day but i did take some pictures of what it ended up look, looking like and trust me voila i even got the spices right so that was pretty awesome Okay, so let's get into some fun stuff. Now, not a lot of politics this weekend. Uh, some bizarre stuff, though. Of course, Joe Biden, he's in Delaware and everything. We, we eventually have to talk about Hunter Biden, but I keep hearing the same thing about Hunter Biden, how he's going to get caught. I'm sure you hear that on, on television, unless you watch CNN or MSNBC or anybody but Fox or anything like that. But... Um, I just don't know enough about it, about what they're they're going to charge him with or anything. They just say charges are pending for Hunter Biden. That could be that could be the death knell for Joe Biden, because if Hunter Biden, what I think now is going to probably end up happening is they're probably going to wait till after the election to charge Hunter Biden. It's looking like gun charges and tax evasion. They're not going to want this to go to trial. Joe Biden is probably going to pardon Hunter. And then Joe Biden's going to resign. I truly believe this is going to happen. It's going to happen by the end of the year, by January latest, because I just don't see how Joe Biden survives all this stuff. But he's pretty arrogant. He may stay in simply because he thinks, well, I am Joe Biden and all that, all that crap. So it, it may happen. I don't know. Oh, speaking of Joe Biden, uh, he's doing it again. He's so senile right now, he can't even count. Here he is pushing, uh, bringing manufacturing back to America. But he wants to implement something called a Made in America policy, which requires parts and things to be built in America. Now, th this is a good idea. Uh, it's never going to work. It's never worked before. But, okay, I mean... I can see the message. I get the message. I think it's a good message. Here's the problem. Whenever he speaks, even about good ideas that won't work, you know he's never going to be able to get anything accomplished. All you have to do is listen to the guy and know that, yeah, this guy doesn't have it. Let's listen to his seven, eight-second little off-the-cuff remark. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. Made in America. I love that everyone in the audience is cheering and screaming, yay! And they didn't, there are only two words. There are only three, there are three words in Made in America. Of course, the media kind of ignored it, you know, like they've been ignoring his senility from the get-go since he was showing, I mean, he's getting a lot worse. He's not, get, he's not getting better. He's, he's getting far, far worse. Well, so the media ignores it, but they really got upset when Lauren, Lauren Boebert, a uh, House representative, I believe from Colorado, 
She posted on Twitter two words, let's go Brandon. The media flipped out about that. Believe it or not, they actually flipped out about that. And she was just making fun of the president and his senility. So I don't know what to say. Um, here's another little Kamalaism. It's not really a Kamalaism, but I, I decided to include it anyway because it really is infuriating. And if it, a common sense, common sense. This doesn't take Plato, Platonian uh, philosophy, Platonian reasoning to figure this out. But they still push it. And the one the one thing is, here here's Shannon Bream of Fox News talking to Stacey Abrams, who's running for governor of Georgia. And she's asking uh, Abrams about abortion and when an, when a fetus, when is it too late to actually abort a fetus? Now, Shannon Bream is extremely conservative, very religious, very pro-life. And I wish I had, I was looking for the entire interview, just a little FYI, I don't really look at a lot of news, I look at the headlines during the week to see if there's weekend, to see if there's something, I don't watch news during the weekend, I got better things to do, we got the baseball playoffs, we got the football, we got a lot of, lot of things to do. Well, she asked when, when is it okay, and Stacey Abrams gives an answer that is, really opens up more questions. I wish I'd seen the entire interview because I would have liked to have seen Shannon Bream respond to her because I guarantee you Shannon Bream probably did, but I couldn't find it online. So here she is asking Stacey, Stacey Abrams, where do you draw the line on abortion? Free to become governor, where would you draw the line? 15 weeks, viability, 36 weeks, what's the limit? What I've always said is that abortion is a medical decision that should be made by a doctor and the woman, and that the point of viability as determined by a doctor should always take into consideration the life and health of a woman. That should be the standard. But the arbitrary standards of timelines ignore the medical reality that it is a fallacy. We know exactly when a pregnancy starts, that we know exactly where we are in the system, I mean, in the in the term. And what doctors will tell you is that they need to make decisions based on the woman they are treating. And what women will tell you is that they need the right to make medical decisions that can save their lives and save their ability to control their bodies and their futures. That was a 43-second answer, as in there are no limits. You couldn't, she can, I guarantee you if they started, if they created a law in Georgia that said uh, you can abort a baby seven days after it was born, I get, which is what they're doing in California, by the way. So this is not some bizarre, yes, infanticide is what they're they're voted for in California. So this is not some bizarre thing out there. But that was a 43-second answer for there are no limits. And by the way, a lot of people, I agree with her. If the woman's life is in danger, she should be able to have an abortion. She's absolutely correct. But to be honest, you're in more danger having an abortion than you would be having a baby. And it's not her body that we're talking about. It's the baby's body. Here's the big other big problem with her answer. Her answer is, we don't know when the baby becomes a human being or not. It's arbitrary. Okay, she's just wrong here. And, and by the way, this is a woman who said that the heartbeat within a womb, a baby's heartbeat in a womb is a conspiracy theory, a right-wing conspiracy theory. Okay, we already, the science is already in. We already know this. 
okay? But let's say we don't. Let's just say we don't know when a baby's life starts, okay? Maybe maybe there is an absolute... The question I would have asked, is there an absolute truth as to when the baby's life starts? Does the baby's life start after after birth? Which we know, yes, it does. Does it start a month before birth? Which, by the way, we know a month before birth, the baby can be born. We know that a baby can be born at six months. We've had a baby born at 18 weeks. 20 weeks. The question is, if we don't know when the baby is going to be born, don't you think maybe we should hold up on aborting them? Because maybe when we do find out when the baby comes to life, becomes human being, which, by the way, is conception, and pretty much everyone agrees with that. I'm sorry, all real doctors agree with that. The reason they agree with that, that that human being is, is already on a pathway to become that uh, zygote is on a pathway to becoming a human being. That zygote is a separate human being from the mother, a separate human being from the father, but has DNA from both. We know this. This is a statistical fact, absolute fact. We know that we have cre- we have uh, infertilized uh, egg ovum outside of the woman. So it is a completely separate human being at this point. But shouldn't we stop with the abortions until we know when life begins? Instead of just killing them all? That seems more reasonable because if we find out, let's say next month, that, oh yeah, no, it starts at, it starts at conception. We've been committing genocide for the last 50 years. It's a stupid argument. There's, there's a reason no Democrat candidate wants to debate this abortion issue. And then when they do, when they do actually talk about abortion, they give word salads like what she just gave. Heck, they don't want to debate it at all. They don't want to debate at all. There, there is no Democrat that wants to debate the Republicans. Even Oz, Mehmet Oz, and John Fetterman. John Fetterman does not want to debate Mehmet Oz. Now, some because they think he's crazy. The other part is it's his policies. But leftists have just gotten absolutely crazy. And by the way, your your feelings and your and the convenience of being pregnant, that's not a reason to kill a baby. Sorry. It's not the woman's right at that point. And no more than it's my right to go kill my uh my kids. All right. Uh, so, yeah, last week Joe Biden decided he needed something that was going to help Democrats during the midterms because, you know, Closing the border, lowering inflation, ending the energy crisis, and solving the crime problem is not really what he has in mind, or he probably knows he can't do it. So he's decided one way to end the crime problem is to pardon a bunch of criminals. Uh, the white what the, That is what the White House released in a statement today. This is from the WhiteHouse.gov. Quote, acting pursuant to grant of authority of Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution of the United States, I, Joseph R. Biden Jr., do hereby grant full, complete, and unconditional pardon to, one, all current United States citizens and lawful permanent residents who have committed the offense of simple possession of marijuana in violation of the Controlled Substance Act, as currently codified by blah, 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 and as previously codified elsewhere in the United States Code, or in violation of D.C.'s Code, blah, 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 on or before the date of this proclamation, regardless of whether they have been charged with or prosecuted for offense 
on or before the date of proclamation. And two, all current United States citizens and lawful permanent residents who have been convicted of an offense of simple possession of marijuana in violation of a Controlled Substance Act as currently codified by blah, 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 and as previously codified elsewhere in the United States or in violation of D.C. Code, blah, 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 which pardon shall restore full political, civil, and other rights. Basically, he's going to solve crime by letting out a bunch of criminals. But let me explain myself. First first things first, let, let's, let's be real about marijuana. They say marijuana is non-addictive, it's safer than alcohol. Okay, the safer than alcohol thing, that might be true. As far as it not being addictive, that is not true. That is absolutely not true. I am living proof of this. Not that I smoke pot, I've never, I don't like pot, but I, I have smoked it, but I don't like it. Okay, I have family that had addiction issues. The other thing is, pot is a gateway drug. So let's get out of the way here. And a lot of people argue, no, it's not. Yes, it is. I'm sorry, it is. Every doctor will tell you that. If they find out you're on pot, they basically tell you, stop it. Second thing to remember, um, you are there is nobody in the United States in prison for simple possession of pot. Nobody. Mo anybody who is in prison for simple possession of pot has a plea deal from something far more serious. Possession with the intent to sell, tra uh, trafficking, or possession when in possession of a gun, which are all felonies. A lot of people will, will talk down so they don't have to go to court to deal with these into a, into a misdemeanor and then will have to serve some time in prison. Usually two, three years. Uh, there was one guy, and by the way, Everyone does this. Okay, everybody does this. Donald Trump released a woman who is trafficking in large amounts of marijuana and was armed. I didn't want... She was serving 50 years in prison. Well, she was given a 50-year prison sentence for a reason. I never thought she should have been released. I don't think we release prisoners. So this is just a really, really bad idea. But let's let's be real. First off, um, <laughs> he can release this statement, and that's fine. But apparently, this is not how it's going to work. The DOJ has to create a committee to review all of the cases, and nobody's getting released before the election. Probably not this year. So a lot a lot of this is just show. And you can tell what this show is all about simply by looking at the timing. I mean, this is just another cynical way of buying votes. It's like that uh, debt, uh, student debt forgiveness program that's never going to go through. It's just another way of buying votes. So, this is just... It, I, I, I'm sorry for being so cynical, but this guy, instead of fixing what is currently out there, he's just causing more problems. And he continues to do it. Okay, well... The political stunt, in our next story here, the political stunt by Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis might actually begin to be working. Uh, New York, a sanctuary state, is having some real issues. They've received 17,000 illegal aliens from Texas, Arizona, and Florida over the last year. The mayor of New York City, uh, uh, Eric Adams, he's decided to build a tent city in the Bronx, 
to house these people because guess what? Um, there's nowhere to put them. Now, what gets funny about that is he tried to put them in hotel rooms and then they basically ran out of hotel rooms. He has made a deal with cruise lines. I'm not making this up. He's made a deal with cruise lines. So the cruise lines can house illegal aliens while they're... By the way, tons tons of veterans on the streets of New York. Tons of veterans. They, they don't get any of this stuff. But he has argued that he wanted, or he has made a deal with some cruise lines. So when the cruise lines are docked, illegal aliens can stay on the ships. It's just incredible. By the way, the Bronx thing, yeah, that didn't work out real well. People were bitching about, why are you putting a tent city in the poor part of New York? Why don't you go put them in the Hamptons? Even Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said, uh, hello, that's my district. Why are you sticking all these people? You know, they love illegal aliens until they actually come to their city. By the way, there were like 10 busloads that ended up there today, this morning. Now, what I find ironic also is that there's only 17,000. That's it, over a year. Texas is getting 7,000 a day. And they're bitching about 17,000. Well, Adams, always the puss, has decided to move the tent city to another portion of New York. No idea where he's going to, where he's going to put that. On Friday, he decided to declare a state of emergency he stated in the conference, get this, this freaking idiot, I swear to God, I really had hopes for this guy when he when he beat out de Blasio. He's turning out to be no better than de Blasio. Um, quote, this is a humanitarian crisis that started with violence and instability in South America and being accelerated by American political dynamics. I, I don't know. Let's see. It started with instability in South America and now it's happening because of political... Uh, political uh, dynamics. I'm thinking he's missing something in the middle there. What is it? That they're crossing the border illegally? And then the political dynamics start? I'm thinking there is that little middle portion he's kind of skip, skipping. Thousands of asylum seekers have been bused to New, into New York City and simply dropped off without notice, coordination, or care. And more are arriving every day, like 10 bus loads today. Yes, that, keep going. He didn't do it directly, but he did try to blame Texas Governor Greg Abbott. He and Greg Abbott just can't stand each other. Even DeSantis really is not pushing the migrant, the illegal aliens. They're not migrants, they're illegal. Even he's not pushing that. He's just basically sending them to Martha's Vineyard and Washington, D.C. and um, Del uh, Maryland. So he said, this crisis is not of our own making, but one that will affect everyone in the city now and for months ahead. New Yorkers deserve to know why this is happening and what we plan to do about it. Well, do you know who he doesn't blame? The Biden administration. They're the ones leaving the border wide open. Kamala Harris was in Texas this week, nowhere near the border. She was this weekend. She was in Texas. Didn't bother visiting the border. Um, he should probably run down to Texas and ask Texans. And this is Eric Eric Adams. He should probably run down to Texas and ask Texans who's responsible for this. I'm sure he'll get an answer. And maybe he should tell them uh, the instability of South America and this is being accelerated by political 
dynamics, forgetting that people are running over the border, forgetting about the trafficking that's going on, the rape that's going on, the murder that's going on, the deaths that are going on from exposure. No one's talking about that, of course. They, they can't do that. Well, the governor for New York, Kathy Hochul, probably the dumbest governor I have ever seen in my living life. I have never seen someone so stupid. She says the federal system needs to get involved. So she was quoted this weekend. We have been working almost hourly with the city of New York since the migrants, illegal aliens, started arriving. And it's something that we're working, first of all, to say human beings should not be used as political pawns. Again, they're missing kind of the middle ground here. Once they come here, they need a place to stay, a transitional time, usually upwards of a week in order to get there on their feet, on the ground, and to find a place to live. Well, you know, you know why we have a process to come into the United States? So that you have that prepared before you're allowed in and given resident status in the United States. That's one of the things they check for. That's why they just don't let people in, and then suddenly people are sucking off the system, which all these illegal aliens are doing. Continuing, this is just a temporary situation, but absolutely we're working with the federal government as well. I've raised this with the White House and this calls for a federal solution. Let's look at federal facilities, federal staff to support supplement, uh, to help supplement the city and the state. This is getting out of control. Yeah, that's not exactly, again, the involvement of the federal government I was thinking. She still blames Arizona, Texas, and Florida for this mess. You know, that's where the political pawns thing comes from. But she's not asking Joe Biden to close the border. She's not even blaming Joe Biden. She just wants more money and support from the federal government. Taxpayer money. Freaking incredible. Democrats refuse to just take responsibility for the, any of this stuff. Hochul is in big trouble this election. She is going to get probably killed. We She's running against Lee Zeldin, a Republican, who was, by the way, down like 20 points a few months ago. He is now in a statistical tie. With the co crime problem, her, res her response to the bail crisis, her response to the illegal immigrants coming, illegal aliens coming into the city, she's done absolutely nothing. If I were Arizona and Texas, I would send 747s filled with the illegal immigrants into New York. I would not stop. I would keep it going. Let those people suffer. Okay, this is an amazing story. Uh, and I tell you, I... I've got podcasts for like six days written this week because it's just so much. Um, you're not going to hear about this story from CNN. It was uh, fa it was discovered by uh, the Daily Wire, which is a conservative new news outlet. Uh, okay, from the Daily Wire, top leader in a national school psychologist association is participating in a group that funds efforts to rehome gay youths to new parents. Internal materials obtained by the Daily Wire revealed. Amy Canvana, Canava, chair of the National Association for Child's uh, uh, School Psychologists, NS NASP, LGBTQI2-S committee, participated in discussions on the internal message board for the Pride Liberation Project, PLP, the group's resources for outed students, section advise students who are facing familial, re familial rejection 
or need to leave their home for another reason to, quote, reach out to Amy, she, her. Yeah, of course, you got to put your pronouns in there. Immediately, they work with Safe Space Nova, are an adult, and can provide you much more information. They are also confidential. So basically, what's happening here is that this national psychiatrist, this head of a national school psychiatrist group, is working with another group to kidnap kids and send them to other people. This is amazing. This is not this is not a legal thing. It doesn't go through the courts. It doesn't go through law enforcement. You a kid basically runs away, goes to this broad, and this broad puts him with a gay person. This is incredible. And it's not being reported at all. This is incredible. Okay, continuing with the story. And by the way, they admit this. They've got it on they've got it on camera. These idiots keep posting this. Okay, here so this 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 I'm continuing with the article. I'm going to read most of this article because it just amazes me. I couldn't believe it when I heard this. The section went on to say that PLP could rehome students who did not like their parents. Right? So the the kid isn't in any trouble. The kid's not being beaten or anything. Just doesn't like the parents. You don't have to be gay not to like your parents. You don't have to be trans not to like your parents. That's pretty common. Okay. As well as pay them money to have an adult pick them up to take them to their new lives. It is also said the group could provide false documentation to hide children's whereabouts while they participated in gay activities. Oh my God. The grooming anyone? Quote, in the event you, in the event, in the event of you needing to leave your home, we can provide you with emergency housing from a supportive, queer-friendly adult, end quote, it said. It added, quote, we will work with other supportive adult organizations in the region to find you someone who can provide you a kind of affirming home. So basically what they're doing is they're paying these kids and they're finding queer-friendly homes. Folks, could this be any more grooming? I, I mean, you're you don't you don't know who these people are. You don't know what they're they're talking. And now they're talking about falsifying documentation. These people are admitting to perjury. They're admitting to kidnapping. I would even say prostitution if they're paying these kids to leave. Continuing with the article. PLP was the subject of a glowing national media, of course it was, glowing national media attention September 27th when it claimed that it got 12,000 students to walk out of class to protest draft guidance. That happened last, that happened, uh, yeah, last, about last week, two weeks ago. From Virginia's Department of Education that said schools should not hide their students' gender transition for parents and that schools should accommodate a student's gender transition, but do so only with the permission of the parents. By the way, that happened two weeks ago. Um, conservative news outlets actually went and interviewed the kids. Do you know what they said? They they just want to get out of class. They didn't really care. So all this was just an adult activist organized event. And they just all decided, oh, screw it. We, We get the time off. We just leave. A bunch of them didn't even bother going back to class. That's true. They, they said that a bunch of the kids said that continuing with the article. And I think the last part of it. Oh, no, I got a couple more. The same day, NASP published a blog post by Kanava 
describing her efforts to undermine the state initiative, which she described as horrific. This is the Virginia State Initiative that bans, basically, you can't hide the fact that a kid is having sexual identity problems from the parents. I mean, that's what it is. You, you can't just hide this stuff from the parents. You can't give the kid drugs without the parents knowing. You, you, you have to let the parents in on it. That's what the initiative is. Okay. The, this quote, this generation of youth is more politically informed and aware than I can wrap my head around. These kids, bullshit. These kids now know their basic human rights and have been challenged by the State Department of Education. And even worse, the state has used fancy words which make the policy reversal seem like it's the best interest of all children and families, she wrote. She demanded that the school districts shield staff members who ignore the guidance, asking administrators, quote, how will you defend staff who continue to act in the best interest of the students who are consistent with professional ethics but now in violation of impending policies? Well, here's my problem. No, kids are not smart. They are not all-knowing. They are not politically informed. They're stupid. All kids are stupid. All kids cannot make decisions about their bodies at that age. All of them. I would even say 18 is, is too early. I would say 21 is too early. Why? The prefrontal cortex doesn't develop. So she is stupid to think that these kids are stupid, are smart. This is not true. This is pushing a narrative. This is the problem with the left. The entire state of Virginia went red because of this issue. But with these people, the ideology is more important than what the voters want and what the law is. So what what does the left do? They just ignore the laws. Youngkin is the governor because of this stuff. Because of what the previous governor was doing, which was nothing and allowing kids to be given testosterone shots without their parents knowing about it. And the left does this the same thing with the Supreme Court ruling. If they don't like it, they just ignore it. And they go on and they say, we're going to ignore this law. Well, why have laws? Well, that's the problem with the left. They don't want laws. Continuing with the article, Kenvana uh, who works with the counselor at Wakefield High School in Arlington, Virginia, told the Daily Wire, school staff are not at liberty to speak to the press. So she works directly with kids, too. Yeah, she's, this broad should be fired. Continuing with the article, and this is the last part, uh, but she has spoken freely in other public forums. In September of 2020, podcast called Out, What Now? She said, quote, there comes a point, unfortunately, for many of these kids where they have to make a choice between their life and their family. No, they don't. You don't have to make that choice. If you're in a good family, you don't have to make a choice between your life and your family because your life is part of your family is part of your life and your life is part of that family. This is, this is the problem with these people. They continually just degrade the, the, the nuclear family. This is not true. This is an absolute lie. Oh. And it should be that And it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. But it's people like you that make it that way. You keep, well, you, you, make, you don't make it that way. You preach that it should be that way. I'm sorry, I'm getting um, passionate. I need to calm down a little bit. I can tell by my recording, I'm getting kind of loud. Uh, And it shouldn't be that way. But I want to see a kid 
in a home with food and shelter and insurance and support, but I also don't want to lose the kids to death. That's that's okay. First off, um, the kids already the kids theoretically. I'm assuming if it's a normal kid, already has a home, already has shelter, already has food, already has insurance, already has support. And then the common thing these people do, hey, if you don't let your kids trans, they're going to commit suicide. By the way, the suicide rate with trans people over 10 years that have been transitioned over 10 years is 40%, which is like six times the national average of suicide. So I don't want to hear from this broad. This is, this is a weak narrative and they always push it. And it's just not true. Continuing. Quote, I will not deny the fact that I have put parents in their place in my office or at school. Who the F is this gal that she should be putting any parent in place? I bet she doesn't even know one so one name of these kids that she talks about. I bet when she sits there and says, I can't talk about it about the kids, she just can't remember any instances. Or she can't remember the kids' names. And people around me go, you can't do that. And I go, I don't know, but I just did. If I'm not here tomorrow, you know that I can't, she continued. You have to sometimes break the rules to do good for kids. And I am amazed. It's what she thinks are good for the kids. The parents have no say. It's what she thinks. She has no responsibility for the kids. She has no time invested. She has no suffering invested. She has no money invested. She has nothing to do with the kids, but she knows better than the parents do. The parents who raise the kids. Quote, I had a record day with five kids came out to me. You know, that's a problem too. You know, there just aren't that many gay kids. I'm sorry, there really aren't. There aren't that many trans kids. Now, 15 to 20% of people are identifying as gay or trans or LGBTQ. 10 years ago, it was at 1%. Why all of a sudden? Well, because this broad here is actually pushing it. That's why suddenly all these kids come out to her as trans or as gay. Wow, record day, huh? Well, she's got her quota for the day. I said, this is amazing and exhausting all at the same time. But you know what? You get to go home to your empty apartment or your empty house and take a nap and watch friends or bros or whatever you watch. So meanwhile, the kid who is jacked up because of you has to go home and the parents have to deal with your freaking mess you created. Most of the time, it's like, I think I'm trans, which really means I am trans. See, I I think I'm trans. There's no in or out. You see what I mean? Here's the thing in the world. There's gray area for everything. Even abortion, which I'm very passionately against. there There is gray areas sometimes, right? Rape is a gray area. I, I, I can argue against it, but it is a gray area. Um, what's the other thing that's a gray area? Uh, transing, it, there's some gray area. I think I'm I think I'm trans. Does not mean I am trans. I think I'm trans. That kid is in a gray area. That kid might be trans. That kid might be gay. That kid might be straight. And he just doesn't know about it. The, the, there's this gray area. And you know what's something that's amazing with youth? Up until the age of about 25, everything is a gray area. Things come more to light as you get older. You turn 18, you turn 21, you turn 25. But everything before 18 is all gray. Sexuality especially. 
But you can't you can't have gray area when you've got a religious ideology like the LGBTQ RSTUVWXYZ tilde exclamation point. You can't. And like I said, I bet she can't name one kid under her care. I bet those five kids just she she turned, and I'm I don't think those kids turned. I think she turned them. I bet you she can't name one of those kids. Hey, all I gotta say is if your kids are in public schools, pull them out. Pull them out now. The public schools don't give a shit stuff, don't give a damn about your kids. You're they're putting your kids at risk, they're indoctrinating them, they're transing them, they're doing all sorts of weird stuff to them. You need to homeschool those kids. And I have kids that are in the system. Not my kids, but I have kids that are in the system. And I know they're doing this stuff. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Don't forget to visit Rumble. Go take a look at some of the videos. I got more coming. I've got at least three more coming. Uh, I, had a, I was pretty busy this weekend. I hope you have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>